Lord, we just thank you for these next few moments together. Lord, we pray as we take this time now to look at your word and be encouraged and challenged, Lord, today. I pray that you would build us up, Lord God. You'd help us to become who you're calling us to be today. That we'd be drawn closer to you, Jesus, and grow in our relationship with you. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. You can take a seat this morning. Isn't it good to be in church together? I love it. I can see uh, John Haddock over there. Tried to make his car fly this week and rolled his car. But uh, here he is, angels looking after him and uh, in church today, which is fantastic. But uh, if you saw his car, it was up the wrong way uh, on the side of the road. And uh, he just walked out of it. He's got all these beautiful pictures of him standing in front of it with his huge smile on his face. Something's wrong with that picture, but uh, he, just, uh, he just got out of it. And, uh, and praise God, he's, he's doing well. And you know, this week is an exciting week because it's Sam and Hannah's wedding day on Friday. So I'm going to invite you guys up. Before we start this morning, I thought it would be great to pray for you guys. Take a moment and pray. Perhaps, you know what, there's going to be some people that are here that aren't going to be at the ceremony. I mean, I don't want to make it awkward, but some people weren't invited. (laughs) So for them, why don't we come over here? Let's just do a bit of a rehearsal this morning. Fantastic, you can hold hands. Let me start. Sam and Hannah. We've gathered here today to celebrate that your wedding is on Friday. So Sam, do you commit to loving Hannah, serving her and honoring her for the rest of your life? Yeah. From Friday. From Friday. (laughs) Hannah, do you commit to loving, honoring, serving Sam for the rest of your life from Friday? From Friday, yes. (laughs) Up until then, she's a free woman. (laughs) So with the power vested in me by the Australian Christian churches, I now pronounce you husband and wife elect from Friday. You may not kiss your bride just yet. Let's pray for these guys. Come on, why don't you stand up? (laughs) It's good to have a bit of fun in church. Why don't you reach out your hands towards these guys? And uh, and let's pray. We really love you. And uh, I'm really excited about your future together. You're both top quality people. And I know that together you're going to have such a huge impact on this world. And so uh, we want to pray for you and honor you and enjoy this week. It's going to be a great week. Just relax and enjoy the moments. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great day. So come on. Lord, I just thank you for Sam and Hannah. Lord, we honor them Lord, today, Lord Jesus. This week, I pray, would be such an enjoyable week. I pray it would be a fun week, Lord God, full of excitement and joy with friends and family, Lord God. And that that day on Friday, Lord God, would just be a beautiful day. It would be a celebration of their love together. And I pray, Lord God, for all the details and all the things that need to be sorted out, that that would just happen so smoothly this week. And more than just the wedding day, Lord, we pray for their marriage. Going into the future, Lord God, I pray that their relationship would be strengthened, it would grow, Lord God, it would develop and be strong, Lord God, over the many years ahead. Give them wisdom and favor on their lives, I pray. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.
Come on, give them a real hand. We love these guys. You can take a seat. I get carried away with weddings. I'm I'm losing my preaching time. (laughs) My influence, my responsibility. We've been talking a series over the last few weeks at church. We've been doing a series called My Life, My Responsibility. And today I want to talk about my influence, my responsibility. At any given time, we are being influenced and we are influencing other people. It's the two things that happen. There's environments that we go into that can influence us and can have an impact on our lives. But then when we make the decision to be an influencer, we can walk into an environment and bring change and transformation because of the way that we influence other people. You know, when I was thinking about influence, I was thinking about the whole concept of light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In other words, he was saying that there is a whole bunch of darkness, there's a whole bunch of sin, there's a whole bunch of things in our world today that when Jesus enters the situation, he lights it up. He brings light to the darkness, he brings hope, he brings forgiveness, he brings his grace, he brings his goodness to the darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. Is there anything more influential in our world today than just the concept of light? Can you imagine what it would be like living each day without light? We're in this auditorium. We would be in a pitch black auditorium this morning if our lights weren't on. Imagine driving at nighttime with no more lights. We might have some more John Haddock accidents at nighttime if we had no lights from our cars that were guiding where we were going. All of those things, all of those elements, if you think about when it comes to light, if there was a room that was in complete black darkness and there was a room of light, you would be attracted to the room where there is light. Light is influential. Light changes things. Light makes a difference. Jesus is the light of the world. He's influencing us. I love John 8 verse 12. It says it this way. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. I love this in one John verse 1 verse 5. It says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You can see the picture behind me that when you light a match, there is no shadow to it. Because light in that way has no shadow. That match, that fire has no shadow. There's no shadow in light. It's an incredible thing that we live our world in a whole bunch of different dynamics and we have different environments and different spheres of influence that we are in each and every day. We walk into different environments where there's positive, there's negative kind of messages that are kind of being shared to us. And we have the opportunity not just to enter a situation, walk into a room and just allow it to be the same. But Jesus not only says that he is the light of the world, but he calls us the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then he said to all of us, you are the light of the world. Go out and make a difference. Go out and make an impact in the world that we live in today. I love when Vicki Simpson, a prophet, came through our church at the end of last year. And she spoke about how as a church, a city church, that she's seen like our church, there was like a dimmer switch and the light and the brightness was going to be turned up. And that we would see a greater impact in the darkness around us in our community as the light would turn up. That our good deeds would be known. 
that we'd make an impact in the community, that there would be a difference made from City Church. And I think since that time, when we look over that, that period of time, it's probably coming up to 12 months. So you start to see some of those things that have taken place in church life. We see these uh, compassion children that have been sponsored. There's over 110 compassion children that you have sponsored. You see the impact that we've made in our community and in Lawson and the services there. You can see the new people that are getting involved in church on a Sunday and the different things that are happening through the life of the church. And I just feel like we're just at the start. Holy Spirit's just got his fingers and he's just turning on that light and it's just getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And I just imagine the influence of the years to come as we understand that Jesus is the light of the world. But he's also called us to be light, to reflect the light of Jesus in our lives. That we would understand that truth. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Light equals influence. When we think about the influence that that makes, just bringing a light into a dark room, people are drawn to it. They are attracted to it. We have the light of the world, Jesus Christ, that's living in us. That when we understand that truth, we can walk into dark situations and bring the light of Christ. We can have an influence that starts to change things. My influence is my responsibility. I'm not waiting for the person next to me to step up and make an influence. I have an opportunity every day to make a difference. I have an opportunity to influence people's thinking and attitudes and by my kindness and the way that I interact with people. It can make a difference. The two things the light of the world does, firstly, is number one, light directs us. You think about a light of a car. It directs us. When you think about that concept of where you're going, you're looking for that light. I love in Scripture how it talks about how it says in um, Psalm 119 verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. If we were to turn down all the lights in this auditorium, and there was just this one light that was here, if every single light was completely turned off, and we were in darkness this morning, I would be attracted to this light because it's like, well, I'm sorry for the people on the live stream. You've just lost me. It's just gone dark. But you can see there's a light here on stage. And we're naturally all attracted to this light. We want to be in this light because it seems to stand out so much in the darkness. And Jesus says he's the light of the world. And he's called us to be attracted to that light. When we have salvation, when we encounter Jesus Christ and have personal relationship with him, we step out from the darkness into the light. I love the songs that we've been singing this morning, even talking about light, the light of the world. You step down into darkness. I love, I love that, that, that the songs that, that, that we sing at uh, Easter time and different times where we are reminded about the power of Jesus Christ as we step into relationship with him. Light of the world. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me see. Woo! Here I am. I've stepped into the light. But that's only f- part one. 
See, light directs us, it takes us from the darkness and we step into it and then we're lit up and we can see there's a a light to my path, a light to my feet so I can see where I'm walking, I, I have purpose and I have hope. But it's only part one because light not only uh, directs us, but light reflects from us. This is the fun bit. Light's just not made for me and me to be able to see where I'm going, but light is so that I can reflect. And I'm going to have a bit of fun here. Reflect onto you guys. When we reflect into our world, when we make an impact into the society and the world that's around about us, we don't just understand that it's not just about just my salvation. It's not just me standing in the light. Yes, I found Jesus Christ. I've got the hope of the world and praise God for my salvation. That's fantastic. I've got my ticket to heaven. But I also have a responsibility. It's my influence, my responsibility, that the light of Jesus Christ would reflect I want to be a reflector. I want to shine your glory. I want to let the whole world know that it's living in me. It just comes out of me, this stuff. We can put the lights back on. I've shined that in your eyes enough now. But that's the truth about the light. That we're not just made just to move from the darkness into the light ourselves. But we have a responsibility to reflect the light of Jesus Christ to those that are around and about us in our world. When we understand that light directs us and light reflects from us, it changes the way that we live our lives. Like I said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That directs us. But the challenge for every one of us is to allow that light to reflect from us. When it says you are the light of the world, that we take that responsibility to be a reflector. Have you ever seen somebody that's out riding their push bike at night time? And it seems to me when they're out riding their bikes, I see this all the time, you get that person that's just kind of like overcompensated with making sure they have all the gear and the high-vis gear to make sure that no one's going to hit them as they're riding along in their push bike. They've got it all over them. They've got reflectors all on their bike. It's like, yes, I can see you. And they're riding along their bike and there's no chance you're going to hit that person because you can see them so clearly. And I feel like sometimes the reason that we come to church is sometimes to put some of that high-vis stuff on. We come along, we get excited, we get built up in the Word, we spend some time just worshipping Jesus Christ, getting excited and allowing God to do something powerful in our hearts. But what's happening is this high-vis vest is being put on us. And we're being reminded that reflectors are being stuck all over our lives, that the light of Jesus Christ that we experience and that we have this experience on a Sunday isn't just... For in this building. It's to take the light out into the darkness. That this influence would have impact beyond just the four walls of City Church. That our community would know us. The business part of the community would know us. The government part of the community would know us. Sporting part of the community would know us. That high schools would know us. Because of the light of Jesus Christ that's reflecting from us into the world. Light directs us and light reflects from us. I love in one, sorry, John 1 verse 3 to 5, it says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. See how I influence others 
is my choice. I can allow the darkness just to stay on. I can get up each day and allow the darkness around me to completely invade everything that I do. Or I can stir up that light of Jesus Christ. You know, it talks about not hiding the light under a lampstand, but putting on it on a hill for all to see. Making sure that those that are around us can see there is something different on the inside of us. I just want to talk about three things quickly that we can do to be greater reflectors, greater influences of the light of Jesus Christ in our life this morning. The first one is number one, this is really simple. Number one, be a believer. Be a believer. It sounds so basic. It sounds so simple. It sounds too simplistic to say that. Be a believer. But you know, we live in a world today where there's so much cynicism, so much anxiety, so much fear that can be surrounding us every single day. Actually being a believer, trusting in Jesus Christ and his promises, getting up every day and knowing that, hey, I've got a purpose while I'm here on earth, that God has saved me and called me for his purpose. That's actually different. That actually stands out. Do you know, Christians are actually known as believers. That's what people call us. Believers. They believe in Jesus. That's actually what we're known for in our community, in our world. That we believe something different to those that are around us. So actually having that belief, having that faith is something we should honor. It's something that we shouldn't try and hide. It's not something that we have to try and bury down with relevance. Our passion and our faith in Jesus Christ is something that should sprout up, is something that should light up our community, light up our workplace, light up our friendship group and our family. It should make a huge difference. Being a believer. You know, the world wants us to be a Christian without the belief. They want us to have the religion, the structure, the status without the power, the belief, the genuine faith, the authenticity of relationship, that's where the power comes. We don't want to just be nominal Christians, tick a box on a census that I'm a Christian. We don't want to just be people that go to church on a Sunday and people know us for going to church and we've got a status there. We want to be people that are influencing others with belief. That our belief in Jesus brings change and transformation. Someone says they're sick in your workplace. Well, I believe in a God that can heal you. I believe in a God that can do something powerful in your life. Someone's going through a crisis and you can bring a word of encouragement. You bring the word of God in a way that's relevant. Because we're not just nominal Christians. I don't just tick off a box on a Sunday and say I've been to church and then I live the same the rest of the week. Because there's a belief. There's a trust in God. I love Romans 10 verse 14. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Don't dial down the volume of your faith. Don't dial down the volume of your belief. Allow it to be loud. Allow it to make an impact. Allow it to bring change and transformation into those people that are around you. I remember when Amy and I bought our first place in Cranebrook 
or as it's affectionately known as Christ's Brook. <laughs> or Crime Brook, whatever you want to call it. But we bought our, our first place there, this small three-bedroom duplex, just the right-hand side of it. And uh, we love this place, buying our first place. But there was something about it. It was very, very small. And where the lounge room was, wasn't very far from where the main bedroom was. And so I'm somewhere that likes to stay up late at night. I like to watch TV. And so the volume of the TV could be easily heard. This is pre-kids. But heard by my wife, who likes to go to bed early. And so she's in the room. And uh, she can hear the volume of the TV because of how close they were together. And so what I used to do is try and turn down the volume, get it to a level where I could just hear it. And Amy hopefully couldn't hear it from the bedroom. And sure enough, every night, Amy would present herself from the bedroom. She would come out and the volume was too loud. And so I'd turn it down two while she's watching and then turn it back up three as she'd go back to bed. And she'd come back out again. And so before I knew it, I just had to keep turning it down, turning it down, turning it down. She caught onto my schemes. And so I just turned the volume down. Before I knew it, I could hardly even hear the TV. And I'm standing right in front of it. And Amy's hearing it from the bedroom behind the lounge room. How is that even possible? I don't know. And so I would find myself at nights. I would find myself standing about one meter in front of the TV, just trying to listen to my, my shows, no headphones, just trying to listen. And Amy would be coming out from the bedroom saying, I can still hear it. And I'm like, I can't even hear it. And it's right in front of me. How can you hear it? That's not even possible. <laughs> That's what I feel like our world does to us. We have this faith. We have the word of God. We come to church on a Sunday and the volume is up loud. We have the Holy Spirit who is our comforter, our helper, our counselor every single day. We have the light of the world, Jesus Christ, who is in us. But the world is trying to say to you, hey, turn the volume down. Turn the brightness down. And sometimes we're just, oh yeah, I'll just dial down the switch because I'm probably a bit too passionate. <laughs> well, I say, let's flip the script. Let's start turning it up. Let's turn the volume up. Let's let our level of belief actually make a difference to show people that there is something different about us. The world doesn't need another religious Christian. They don't need somebody that has all the form but doesn't have the power. They need some people that say, you know what? I'm going to trust Jesus Christ. I'm going to be the light of the world. When I go out to my workplace, I go out with a mission. Because God has called me. My little boy Cooper, he loves to get the light on my phone. And he loves to shine it in my eyes. <laughs> he gets that torch and he just shines it. And you know, he'll wake me up at night with that thing. Uh, you know, that's a horrible thing to be woken up to. It's just the shining light straight into your eyes. But he loves it and it's just bright and it, it has an effect. <laughs> well, I feel like that's what we should do in our world. We should allow the brightness of Jesus Christ and our belief in him to have an effect. To make a difference to those that are around and about us. We should never let familiarity suppress our belief. You know, we read in scripture where it talks about how Jesus went back to his hometown. And because of the familiarity there, Jesus could do no great miracles. 
Because the people had become so familiar. They'd become so religious. They, they just understood who Jesus was as a person, but they couldn't see him as God. Their level of belief was lowered to such a point that their familiarity robbed them from the blessing of God. Let that never be said about City Church. Let that never be said about you and I, that we just become familiar with our services. We become familiar with the Holy Spirit in us and the power of the Holy Spirit as we speak in tongues, as we stir up the gifts of the Spirit in us, as we build ourselves up in the most holy faith, as we take that time to spend time in His presence and allow the light to get on us. Let there be a tan that's on our life. Then when we walk out into the world, it makes a huge difference. I light up the world by being a reflector just because of my white skin. but let it be our faith that lights up the world let it be our belief in jesus christ and our trust in him have you ever been around somebody that just brings faith to a room you get in a prayer meeting and the way they pray it's like hold on they're legit they believe jesus is real they believe jesus can heal and it's something that just kind of flows onto you and you just start feeling like oh if they believe it i can believe it too I can believe for a miracle. And you get around people and they just start stirring you up and it just bounces off each other as we all just believe, as we all just trust God. Who knows what could be achieved? It's together as we just trust and be a believer. Be a believer. Don't just say it. Let's be it. Let's be a believer. Let's have faith. Let's have a position of trust in Jesus Christ. The second thing is this. Be a builder. If you want to be an influencer, my influence, my responsibility... It's not just about being a believer, but something that makes a huge difference is being a builder. Being someone that builds into other people's lives. I love in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are doing. Encourage one another and build up one another. Do you know that criticism is not a spiritual gift? all of the spiritual gifts are designed and made to build up the body there is not one spiritual gift that diminishes another person every one of them is about building lifting elevating seeing things move forward in people's lives that's all that we're called to do is called to build people Bring encouragement, bring life, bring hope into people. There's a whole bunch of people that are lacking courage, that need one of us to bring encourage, to put courage into someone, to remind people again, to build them up as they're called to do. You know, you can go to a football game and you can sit in the crowd and feel the right because you pay $20 for your ticket. You paid about $30 just to get a meat pie. $20 just for a bottle of water. And you can sit there in the crowd and you can be abusing the players. You can be abusing the referees. You can go at your team and all the players that aren't playing and performing as they should be performing. And you can get so frustrated and you can boo and you can be loud. You're at the cheapest seat at the game, but you're booing the loudest because you paid your $20. But those people on the field... They've spent months, years, training, preparing themselves, eating right, getting up early, putting in the hard work, playing through injury, 
making sure they do the rehab, all that they can to get on that field. They are on the field, putting their blood, sweat, and tears, all of their effort onto the field, all that they could do. They are putting it into it. They are doing all that they can to push their team forward. But somehow, you and I can sometimes feel like, well, I spent $20 on my ticket so I can just bring criticism. (laughs) Isn't it funny how... In your life, you'll always have the person that spent $20 on their ticket there. In your workplace, there'll be the person there. Sometimes in our friendship group, there'll be the person there. To build a business, there'll be the $20 ticket person there. To build a church, there'll be the $20 ticket person there. And we can all kind of have that element where I paid a certain amount so I can just criticize. Or... We can have that perspective that says, you know what? God's called me to be a builder. He's called me to bring the light of Jesus Christ. That I'm going to step out in my workplace. I'm not going to be a critic. I'm not going to be criticizing others. There's no monuments to critics. I'm going to be somebody that comes alongside and brings the light of Jesus Christ. That builds other people up. That elevates people. Helps them to achieve their purpose. Reaching people. Raising disciples. And releasing leaders. None of that mission statement is about suppressing. It's all about elevating, helping people be built and become who they're called to be. There's something powerful about doing that. I love in Ephesians 4 verse 29, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Romans 12 verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's so many critics in this world. We only have to step outside of this building today and we can just be criticized there's so many people that want to be negative that want to deconstruct but we have the challenge to step out and this room is a room that is full of love and encouragement this is a room where we are we are today gathered with a whole bunch of builders a whole bunch of people that our light is together today but when we step out on monday morning there's going to be a whole bunch of negativity that we will encounter There's going to be a whole bunch of opposition that we will encounter at times over this week. And we have the decision to make, will we be a builder or will we allow negativity to spiral us down? Will we allow our worries and fears to be able to take us on a negative spiral? Or will we allow belief to rise in us and understand that I'm called to be a builder? I'm going to influence the people that are around me. And thirdly and finally today, we're called to be a believer. We're called to be a builder. And finally, we're called to be a bringer. I love in Isaiah 52 verse 7, it says, How beautiful on the mountains, on the blue mountains, are the feet of those who bring good news. And Glenmore Park. Who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. So much of our world is about being exclusive. You know, there's certain nightclubs that you can't get in unless you're this certain amount of status. You can't get the blue tick on Twitter unless you've got this certain amount of, uh, you're, you're exclusive, you're in this exclusive group, this certain level of fame, certain amount of followers that help you to be able to get that kind of status, to be able to have that kind of impact 
on social media. So much about our world is built on VIP rooms and making sure if I could just get into that room, imagine if I could get backstage with this band or this concert or imagine if I could meet these people. Imagine if I could just get to that level where I could be in that room. Our world's built on that, this hamster wheel of trying to get to that place of having the right status, having the right wealth, having the right right amount of respect from people. Well, here's the truth. Once you get to the top of that, you're still climbing because you'll never be satisfied with that. Because what we are looking for is internal satisfaction, not external things. And that can only be found in Jesus Christ. So we have the responsibility to, in an exclusive world, to take the inclusive message of the gospel out. To make sure the light of Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel. So much of the world has tried to diminish the church and the Bible and what Jesus stands about and and make it the bad news. It's very clear in scripture the gospel stands for the good news for all people. That it's not just for a select few, but it's actually the good news. I hate the way that sometimes that the, the church and the Bible and that ultimately God is portrayed in the world. That he's angry, that he's cynical, that he's frustrated with you. That if you walk into church, the walls and the roof will cave in. That's not how Jesus is. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Not the bad news. Not even the mediocre news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. His kindness leads us to repentance. And I wonder whether the kindness of the church, as we get along people, as we encourage them, as we bring them on the journey, as we include them and bring them in for a whole bunch of stuff about Christianity that doesn't make sense, but we just bring other people along the journey and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. If we would understand that and say, you know what, I'm going to be a bringer, the impact that that would make. You know, Timmy's already spoke about the whole concept of everyone Sunday. That's in two Sundays' time. We're going to have a jumping castle. We're going to have the, the biggest party in church. Joel Bennett is an evangelist. He's going to bring a gospel message in Mount Riv and Lawson. And we are going to believe for salvations on that Sunday. But the whole concept is it's everyone Sunday. Everyone that calls City Church home. We want, we want to try and do this a few times a year. We want to encourage you to come out and be part of the service on that Sunday. But we also want you to invite along friends and family. Because we are going to believe on that one Sunday that we're going to see salvations. That we're going to see people encounter Jesus Christ and their life is going to be changed forever. It's not the silver bullet. It's not just that one Sunday. But it's just to rally us and to get us excited and get that spirit of evangelism prepared and ready. So that every one of us over these next few weeks can be thinking, hey, who could I talk to? Who could I interact with this week? And I could bring along on that one Sunday. If there was ever a Sunday, that's the Sunday. If you've got a friend that says, oh, someday I'll come to church. That's the Sunday. <laughs> Everyone's Sunday. That's the concept and the idea behind it. We've got to be careful that we don't just stand under that beam of light with our bags packed at the airport going, oh, I've got my ticket to heaven. I'm just waiting. My waiting room is just called life. I have to get through my time on, on earth. And I've just got to wait here in this waiting room called life because I've got my tickets, I'm ready to go. And I'm just waiting. <laughs> well, hold on. Why don't you throw your bags down and look out the people that are around you in the airport and let's all of us together see how many people we can take. There's only one thing we can take to heaven and that's people. 
And we have to sometimes be stirred up and reminded again that we're called to be a bringer. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that declaration. We've got to take our family along the journey. We've got to take our friends along the journey. We've got to remind people that together what God has called us to. You know, the main scripture for the men's event was this one, Peter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen people. In other words, God chose you. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We're called to be declarers, to remind people that the gospel isn't just for us in this room, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody. And time is ticking, time is on the clock. Every day, tick, tick, tick. We don't know when our lives will end, let alone the people that are around us. All I know is we have a responsibility to bring people on the journey. So remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We have a responsibility to position ourselves to be influenced by that light. But then Jesus said something interesting. You are the light of the world. So with that light in us and on us, let's reflect it. Into the darkness of the world that's around us. Let's hold that mirror up as you're talking to someone in vision. Just shining that bright light into their eyes. (laughs) It's the gospel. The good news. The reminder that Jesus loves everybody and wants to have personal relationship with them. So Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that your light that shone on us and shone into our hearts and brought transformation and change in the dark areas of our life, your light has brought hope, purpose, Lord, I pray that that light, Lord Jesus, would be something that we are attracted to, just like moths are attracted to light, that we would just find ourselves time and time again just spending time in your presence, allowing your light to just penetrate our lives, cover us completely. And Lord, I pray that we would then take the light that you've given every one of us and that we would reflect it on the world, that we would be a believer, Lord Jesus that we'd be a builder, that we'd be a bringer, Lord God. We'd reflect our light everywhere we go. And the hope of the gospel would shine in dark places. We pray, Lord God, specifically for everyone Sunday. I pray right even 
right even now as we sit here, for you bring people to our minds, Lord God, that we can invite along that Sunday. People's names, people that we could be praying for, people that we could think of and invite and encourage them to come along that Sunday. And Lord, I pray that even more as this year comes to a close, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would see more and more people moving from darkness to light. We would see more and more salvations. We'd see more and more people finding home and finding life and finding hope in Jesus Christ. That you would bring transformation, that we would see revival in this place and throughout our communities, Lord God, as people find hope and encounter the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to I pray the sinner's prayer this morning. We're talking about light. The greatest light we can go to is the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And I get the feeling that sometimes we can not see the value in this moment because many of us have journeyed along for so long in our relationship with Jesus. But there is nothing like a living, authentic, vibrant, real relationship with Jesus Christ today. Not yesterday, not worrying about tomorrow. I'm talking about today. And so as we pray this prayer this morning, let it be a, a refresh in your heart that I, I live for Jesus Christ, that I want to have a personal relationship with him today. I want it to be strong today. And so as I pray this prayer, perhaps you've never prayed it or you've prayed it many times. Let's all pray this prayer together this morning and accept Jesus Christ, the light of our salvation and allow him to make an impact in our lives and live for him with all of our passion. So why don't you repeat this after me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. Allow your light to shine in me. Thank you for the cross that has reflected your love. For my sin, I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness. Help me to live for you and allow your light to reflect through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.